Welcome back to Elevator Inspiration for Sunday School. We're still in our, still in our call series. And the lesson today, uh, the lesson on Sunday is lesson two, call before birth. You know, sometimes we judge people on their outward appearance. And actually, um, our first little uh, introduction is not what some people would think. There was a president of a small bank that got a polite but a firm letter from an older gentleman who was actually a retired multi-millionaire. He would not be with he would be withdrawing all his money and closing all accounts, is basically what the letter stated. But why? Well, you see, actually, this particular individual went to another branch. They didn't know him. They looked at his appearance, the way he dressed. Uh, he had on overalls, he drove an old pickup truck, um, just kind of looked like not a millionaire. So he was treated like a common person. Uh, he was treated a little rude. Judging from Joseph in today's text is based on appearance that will lead you that he's not in a position that God can use. His background, it was unremarkable in many ways. He lives in Nazareth. Nazareth was a little town that really wasn't well known. It was not like Bethlehem or, or, or Jerusalem. Um, it is hardly ever mentioned. And actually when he became an adult, he was known as the carpenter's son, which tell us exactly what his father did. Um, the word carpenter, if you look at it in the Greek, could also have been used for a construction worker. Um, mainly, I would like to consider Joseph was just a laborer. That's it. Nothing unusual. Uh, despite his humble origin, Joseph stood out among his peers in some respect. Remember now, he was a descendant from King David. He was royal. He didn't look like it. And actually, he, if you think about it, he actually descended, and it was, how many, 14, 14, 28 generations that he, you can trace him all the way back to King David. I like what John Maxwell states, life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. Let me repeat that again. Life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. Okay, so here we go. Facing the news. We started out last week in Matthew, the first chapter, looking at what I consider the begets. We jump down to the end of the chapter, and we see an unexpected pregnancy. And then it goes and tells us now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Now, I want you to look at this right here. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, in other words, she was promised to Joseph, kind of like our engagement, the way we set up in the 21st century. But before they came together, before they actually got married, she was pregnant. But the child was from the Holy Spirit. When Joseph, her husband, being a just man, when he realized what was happening, he decided, notice here at the end of this verse, was minded to put her away secretly. And that right there tells you that he was a righteous individual. 
because he didn't want to broadcast this or make it well known because I would consider that he had actually love for Mary. So the questions that we're going to talk about on Sunday, um, we have a part A and a part B. How can you help your church do a better job in extending grace to those experiencing out of wedlock pregnancy? So we have um, young people that are not married and they get pregnant. How, how can we extend grace? And then what guardrails would need to be put in place to prevent the appearance of condoning premarital sex? Then we're going to dig a little bit deeper. Under what circumstances, if any, will you support the public shaming of someone and why? We got some passages that actually talks about shaming. Matthew 18, 15 through 17, 1 Corinthians 4 and 14, 6 and 5 and 15 and 34. We'll help you shape your answer. All right. So as we move to, to, to seeing the big picture, we look at verses 20 and 23 of the first chapter. We start out with, notice this, verses 20 and 21 talks about through dreams. It's interesting how God deals with us. But I want you to look at this verse here. But while Joseph thought about these things, behold, now notice how it says here, look at this, angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Hmm. If you notice throughout chapter one and two, Joseph gets these dreams that actually come to fruition and he's being led. But this dream here, I want to talk about an angel of the Lord. If you actually look at the Old Testament, a lot of times we refer to the angel of the Lord, especially in the Old Testament, is Christ. The angel of the Lord appeared to uh, Moses at burning bush. It states, angel of the Lord appeared in the burning bush. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Abraham. Um, so you see on many occasions, that the angel of the Lord, when they appeared, a lot of time they would fall down and worship. If it was an angel, he would immediately say, get up. Don't do that to me. But the angel of the Lord will actually allow that to happen. So I want to just emphasize that the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a dream. Correction, Joseph in a dream. Notice he says, son of David. Wow. You know, like I mentioned earlier, he actually has been... 28 generations before David, and Joseph is in that lineage. He said, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for she has, uh, which is conceived, is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name. There's a duty named Jesus. Notice that the angel of the Lord give him direction what to do. When I read this, I think about Adam and how Adam named the, Adam, the animals. God brought them to him. He named them. That's a job. A lot of times we do not, we name and don't, we name our kids and don't take it serious. Here, Jesus, correction, the angel of the Lord said, name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Um, it could, in Old Testament, it was Joshua, uh, Jesus, um, so that there is it's pronounced so different ways in different languages. But notice now, he confirms this through scriptures because he states here that the scriptures stated by the prophet saying in verse 23, notice, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does it mean? 
God with us. So what do you think? Here's another question that we're going to discuss on Sunday. What procedures should Christians use to determine the Lord's will when faced with a decision having a lifelong impact? And we're going to dig a little bit deeper. In other words, find biblical texts to confirm your answer. Now we're looking at verse 24 and 25 of Matthew, the first chapter, accepting the call. Okay, so Joseph has a call. And here he actually accepts it in verse 24 and 25 because he, he aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took her as his wife, did not know her until the child was born. That did not know her, did not have a sexual relationship with her until Jesus was born. So what do you think? Think about this. How does Joseph's obedience serve as an example and a challenge for us today. And then as dig deeper, there's two texts, uh, two scripture that I want you to look at, Exodus 4.13 and Isaiah 6 and 8 to help in, uh, influence your answer. So I end with this right here. Yes, you. Matthew account of Jesus' birth is a classic yes, you story. Throughout the Bible, we see people surprised when God called him to do something and respond with, who me? Think about Moses at the burning bush when the angel of the Lord uh, uh, calls him there and tells him, I want you to go and let my free my people from Egypt. Who me? Think about Abraham. I'm going to make you a father of men and nation. Who me? Joseph and Mary weren't particularly outstanding as world judges things. But when called, they did what they were asked. When we say, who me, God typically respond, yes, you. So my takeaway from this lesson is that when I look at Joseph, he accepted his responsibility, his call. And he did what God asked him to do. Some of you right now have a call. God is calling you to do something. And you might be saying, who, me? And God is saying, yes, you. So I thought to remember, faithful people trust God, especially in extraordinary situations. Hey, I see you on Sunday. Our Zoom session is at 6 p.m. There's a meeting ID and there's a passcode. Hey, you all, it was great. Thank you.